Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm busy uh, hating LSU. It's LSU hate week. I've been hating LSU all morning. I just hate them, though the uh, chicks in the uh, their little uh, dance group are, are cute. The Golden Girls. notice this? Yeah, them. Golden. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah. branch is a looker. Um, <laughs> that, I think it's a different Golden Girls that I'm noticing. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's give them a props for that. So, so let's dial back to hate a little bit on this, on that issue alone. All right. I'm down with it. Um, couple of things on Bama LSU. Look, I, I saw a post earlier today and we won't talk about this much because it doesn't seem like it's something that's going to happen, but in this day and age, you don't know, and it's happening all across other conferences. I saw a post on Bama online this morning where somebody said they've heard the rumor that LSU has more than eight, 18 or more positive COVID cases. And if they do, that could be a problem, and this game may not even be played at all. That is a thing. I mean, we've seen other games in this conference be postponed, so why not this one? But the problem, if that were to happen with this game, is um, there's nowhere to put it unless you move back the – I guess you could theoretically – I don't even know that you could move the SEC championship game, and you wouldn't do yeah. that anyway. I think what you'd have to do is say, hey, guys, we just can't get this one in. And if you can't get this one in, you know what? If I'm Florida, I sort of bitch and kick and right. moan a little bit and say, you know what? Why are we playing LSU the week before the SEC championship game? Just all <laughs> hypothetical crap out here. It's uh, one of these things where if proven true, and we don't know that it is, but I agree with you that ignoring it, even when it's in a message board post, is uh, crazy because this isn't – we all – like you said, Luke, the games have been canceled all in every conference, multiple teams. Wisconsin's been canceled twice. Uh, we should just expect it as Alabama fans that, you know, one of our games likely to be canceled. Hopefully it'll just be one, and it's unfortunate that it, it would prove to be this one if true – but, uh, man, it's one of those weeks where you don't want to be Greg Sankey because this is the situation, and I run into it as a lawyer all the time, but it's applicable to football and anything else. Sometimes something unfortunate happens, and there is no solution. There's no solution that fixes it. There's only, quote, the best you can do. So I don't uh, envy Greg Sankey's position if this happens because it's going to end up being, hey, this is the best we can do, and you'll find that, a, people are going to boo the decision, whatever the hell it is, whatever the decision will be, it will be universally booed, and everyone booing won't have a better solution. They'll think they do, but they don't. I, I'm confident that the SEC office and the 14 athletic directors, who are all very bright people, they will do what they can do, but sometimes problems crop up that are unsolvable. You just, well, this is the best we can do with it. Well, thank God Alabama has a pretty commanding lead in the SEC West right now. I mean, again, I guess Texas A&M could, could pitch a fit. I suppose Auburn could pitch a bit of a fit. But frankly, if Alabama goes on and wins out, um, I, neither one of those teams will have a leg to stand on. You know, the only yeah. I guess the only thing they could say is, well, Alabama got an extra off week, which, again, it, I, I get it. But what the hell are you supposed to do at this point? And I think that – What's going to happen with this COVID thing? Right on the heels of, by the way, Pfizer announcing they've come up with some vaccine that's like 90% or more effective, et cetera, et cetera. We're all, as a college football collective, going to limp towards the finish line of this championship. 
one way or another. I mean, the the Pac-12, you know, didn't even get the season started and they had two cancellations. Um, the Big 12s had some uh, moving around. The Big 10 certainly has. Wisconsin, I mean. The National Football League. Yeah. I mean, the National Football League. Yeah, and I mean, I deal with the AHSA. They've had plenty. Hell, they had a forfeit in the playoffs last week because of this. So, I mean, it's it's um, you know, it's just a thing we all have to deal with. We knew it going in, and I think the teams that aren't uh, as careful, and sometimes even if you're super careful, um, you're, you're going to be punished. But I think some of the teams, I can see LSU being a little less careful than say Nick Saban's Alabama. Can't you? Well, here's the deal. It's the off weekend, and uh, it's the off weekend. Me and you, uh, I talked about it in a tweet. Uh, Me and you've talked about it off board, off podcast. Um, This weekend, Alabama's players went home. I mean, that's what happened with Trey Sanders. Uh, I saw a picture this weekend of Christian Barmore uh, in in, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, his hometown. Our players went home. It's very reasonable to assume LSU's players went home. They all reported back Sunday. They did the rapid test. 20 of them are positive. Probably, you know, assuming the, assuming the message board is correct, then that means, you know, 18, 20 guys come back positive. They take a rapid test on Sunday when they return. All of this stuff is foreseeable is what I'm saying. That's why I'm not blowing off that message board post, because if you were ever going to have a COVID outbreak that's large, it makes perfect sense that it would happen when all the players went home and then they returned. Yeah, that that does make the most sense in the world, and and uh, you know it, it wouldn't shock me. I'm hoping it's not right, boy. It's really going to screw up my whole weekend if Alabama oh, LSU is is canceled. I'm going to tell you. I Thank mean, God I, the Masters are on. Thank God well, the I, Masters would be on for me. Have, You're not into that as much as I am, but, but I, yeah. I like I like the Masters when the shit's in April. I don't like the <laughs> Masters when the shit's on college football weekend. And um, you don't know that. You don't know that. It's never happened. No, I know it. I know it now. <laughs> I mean, I know it right now. You don't, you don't, I don't have to do any more investigation about that. I know it. And it's not a good weekend for games either. Here's the weird part of that. You know, it's not, there, there is not one matchup of ranked teams this week. And by the way, who had Alabama would play an unranked LSU team on their 2020 bingo card? Uh, nobody. But there is not one matchup of ranked teams. Boy, is it. CBS wow. chose Alabama-Georgia for their primetime game over Alabama-LSU. Boy, they have to be congratulating themselves about right now. You know, they probably yeah, – I think that was a pretty easy selection, though on paper you'd probably say, wow, that's a gamble. But I think um, it was a pretty easy selection. But what if – I mean, I guess, boy, there was – and they're also thankful that Georgia was uh, early in the season for Alabama because if Georgia and Alabama were about to play this weekend, I mean, Georgia's – all banged up, non-COVID related, and their quarterbacks play sickly without having the virus. So yeah, it's a, that could be a problem. Um, speaking of Georgia, really quickly, I want to throw out there: uh, there are rumors rampant that George Pickens could be in the transfer portal, and or dismissed from the team um, here shortly. So, I, that no, brings we, it to huh? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm laughing. Yeah. Well, my point is, would would you entertain as Alabama uh, uh, George Pickens to transfer in? My answer is yes, and and I know that he may be a bit of a, a, an attitude issue. I understand that, but Nick Saban is is the home for wayward players and coaches in the past, and sometimes they can be rehabbed, sometimes they cannot. Um, but I would give a 
I would give a shot to George Pickens. You can bet your bottom dollar. I would. I don't want to play against the kid. I can tell you that. Yeah, my guess is he would end up at Auburn or Ole Miss, frankly, uh, in terms of like if, if he transferred out. You know, what I was laughing was this. I'll tell you. Because, you know, you hear a story. That's the first I heard of that. I've been busy with this uh, law gig this morning, so sometimes it's tough to get to the uh, SEC news of the, of the morning. But um, it's funny, you know, you have an initial reaction when you hear news like that. <laughs> and my initial reaction is, it's funny, you know, you read a message board post that says 18 LSU players have tested positive for COVID, and you think to yourself, you know, this is a message board. Who would trust this information? But it sounds right. And then you read George Pickens is in the transfer portal or maybe getting kicked out of school. And you're like, yeah, what's the source for that information? But it sounds right. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the same, yeah. the same thing where we're not telling you guys Alabama LSU is going to be canceled. We're not telling you guys George Pickens is getting kicked out of Georgia. But both of those stories make a little sense. Well, and also, wouldn't it be a little less surprising if somebody had said, you know, who's been a, a model player george pickens i mean it doesn't seem like that would be the way that would turn out given his whole recruitment given uh the the, the issues he's had at georgia the water bottle squirting thing yeah, but again I, I, will, I will say this i would take him at the university of alabama as a transfer and put him on a very very short leash and, and just say, showing up with two strikes. it's the only way to do it you're showing up hey everybody here gets three strikes not you you're showing up with two you're, yeah, you're, you're showing, showing up, up with two strikes. So don't. And you're facing Randy Johnson. Vintage so don't think, Randy Johnson. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So don't don't think that that there's going to be any patience here uh, to be as Nick Saban puts one of the blinking lights on the Christmas tree. Um, but you know, I wouldn't take him. But I agree with you. You make a great point. I wouldn't take him. But if anyone can straighten this kid out and make him a productive citizen and a good player and a college graduate, it's Nick Saban. So. The kid, ironically, yes, will be losing wide receivers, but I mean this with every shred of my being. George Pickens needs Nick Saban more than Nick Saban needs George Pickens. And here's the other thing that would be great about his coming here. Um, it would piss Auburn off to, to no end. Oh, my I mean, gosh. Be, uh, yeah. They got to be the button favorite if he's really transferring. I, them and Ole Miss. I think it's the other way around. I would put them at huge odds to not sign him. I mean, he pissed off the world over there. Now, I know that a, a five-star talent will will change things, but if I'm George Pickens, I'm like, why would I go there when y'all have Seth Williams and can't figure out how to use him correctly? I mean, that, that would be my thing. But now, the other thing, if he were to go to Alabama, see, he'd be a junior. What would, the, the selling point to George no. Pickens, if he were to transfer. He'd be a sophomore all over again, right? Well, he and would. He's a sophomore but, right now? Okay, yeah, he's a sophomore, but point being, yeah. He, yeah. he would be draft eligible. Correct. Okay. That's true. My my selling point to him would be, you come to Alabama for one year. We've got this kid named Bryce Young who throws darts when he's, you know, he's going to get him some experience. Um, we've got some young wide receivers. That's true. And we got Mechie coming back. That's true. But we're losing Devontae Smith. We're losing Jalen Waddle. We need a big target. You're it. Now, the and you tell the wide receivers currently on the roster and the ones that are coming in, here's the deal, guys. You, uh, I mean, if you're gonna, if you're good enough, you're gonna play. Don't get me wrong. But if if you don't get on the field this year, George Pickens only taking your snaps for one season, and that's it. And that's assuming he doesn't cuss me out and get kicked off this team. So be prepared. <laughs> um, but anyway, I better go to. Um, I, I'm going to tell you something. All this news makes me want to coerce like Jimmy. 
A Coors Light is made. I'm sprinting to the Coors Light store as we speak. They've got a whole store dedicated to Coors Light. They should have a whole store dedicated to Coors Light. It's made to chill. And it's such beautiful, awesome weather out there. It's just hot enough where you can go out and blow some leaves and you can come back in and you'll be like, man, I just need something to chill out. My life's been go, go, go. My wife's been on me about blowing this driveway off. I need to come in and, and chill out and, and just relax. A Coors Light is what you want. It's perfect for that. Go check them out at CoorsLight.com. But we all know you need to go to your local grocery store, convenience store, or superstore and just get you a big old case of Coors Light. Let them know that Jimmy and Luke sent you. They'll give you a wink and a nod. They listen to the podcast, and they're going to hook you up. Coors Light made to chill. Coors Light, Golden, Colorado, Coors Brewing Company. Drink and celebrate responsibly, people. Can't emphasize that enough. Celebrate responsibly. Just do it with a Coors Light. Those two things go hand in hand. Okay, Jimmy. A few other just odd and end things here. First of all, Alabama and Kentucky will kick off at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. I didn't see. I have been – well, I had court, you know, because people are so interested in my schedule, but I had (laughs) had to be in trial at 8.30, which means an early morning to prepare, and then a trial, and that lasted an hour, and then – then it's like your work day hadn't even started. So I, I have not. This uh, you are you are informing me of these things just as you're informing our listeners. Well, they're probably uh, a little bit more technologically advanced than you, and have checked things <laughs> on the internet on computers now. And um, they have probably they, seen they have the, the internet's on computers now. Yeah, the internet is on computers, and the Alabama Kentucky game is at three o'clock, and it's on the SEC network, which is sort of like oh. what the? I mean, geez, guys. I mean, I understand, but here's what I bet happens. Now, here, here's this: you want to talk about a hypothetical of all hypotheticals? Okay, let's assume Alabama and LSU were to be canceled. I know that's probably not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I hope it doesn't happen. But if it does happen, okay, I'm wondering if CBS says, "No, wait a minute." If that happens, we want Alabama against Kentucky on our network, and we'll give you guys back Ole Miss at Texas A&M, which is the game they have, which, wow. I mean, who did CBS piss off? I mean, that can't be a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> I don't know if it's I, – I, I know this. Uh, when you said SEC Network, and, and again, my initial reaction was, was disappointment, but uh, – you know who I've done a 180 on this year in terms of I wasn't a fan before, but now he's almost completely sold me? And that's Jordan Rogers, who I think has developed into a really good studio guy and a good color guy during the games. I think Jordan Rogers is developing into a really good college football analyst. I won't be surprised at all if – Next season, he's on the biggest platform, ESPN, a lot and kind of graduates from SEC Network. I've been really impressed with him. No, I agree. Um, Now, a couple other things. The line in the LSU game that we said was inexplicably high at 22 has now gone up to 25 on some places. Um, I find They read the the BOL message board, too. (laughs) They must have seen – they they might cancel this game due to lack of interest if that line gets up any higher. Um, <laughs> here, a couple, one other thing I wanted to bring up before we go to our next break, Jimmy. I started thinking about um, Alabama, of course, moves number one, 13 seasons in a row. We've been ranked number one at some point in the season. 
unbelievable record. I think the previous record was like seven years in a row by Miami. So we've just blown that away to the point where it may never be matched again. I don't, Clemson's probably in there somewhere. They, they might have like at least two or three, but I don't know. Um, but, you know, this year, maybe more so than any other year, it may be that important to have the number one seed. I know the number one seed is never won in the college football playoffs, but this year, here's the thing. Okay, now that Clemson has that one loss, okay, Clemson's not going to be the four seed. They're either going to be the the two or three or not in. Those are their options. Totally. Man, that's a great point. It's so true. If, if they if they beat Notre Dame in the rematch, there's no way they're the four seed. They're, they'll be well, either two or three. And, yep. and I'm assuming Alabama wins out. Okay. Ohio State – I don't know that they have margin for error anymore. If they lose a game, I feel like Ohio State might be out because there'll be a huge push for one of these other Power 5 teams this year in this one-off weird year. Now, I'm not saying they'll cave to it. I just feel like odds are Ohio State can't lose a game, especially considering how shitty the Big Ten is right now. Maryland might be the second-best team in the Big Ten because Wisconsin may not play, and Maryland is a 25-point or 27-point underdog to Ohio State this weekend. That's how bad That's the Big amazing. Ten is. Um, yeah, without Wisconsin, without Wisconsin, the Big Ten this year is a complete mess. And, and again, it's a one-off year. We shouldn't be shocked that there's weird results all over. I love that Talia, playing as well as he is, is getting his shot at Ohio State. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's fun to watch. And uh, I, I'm not going to be adamant. I'm not going to run to Biloxi with this because I don't run to Biloxi because I'm terrible at picking games, although I did pick Notre Dame over Clemson consistently since last July. Let, let me say this about even though I've, I've the, I was the Notre Dame's going to be Clemson guy, I think in terms of like the, my shocker of this upcoming weekend, I sort of like, like Boston College to upset Notre Dame. Uh, and mm. I'm on the Notre Dame is good bandwagon. I'm just saying there is no come down game like this. And here's, here's the game you don't want to come down from on the road against a team that's a hell of a lot better than their name suggests. And that's Boston College, who's been so competitive. They sort of beat the crap out of Clemson for a half. Yeah. So I, I, I like Boston College to beat Notre Dame this weekend and further throw this crazy season into chaos. I do not like Maryland to beat Ohio State, though. No, I agree with that. Now, here's the other thing. One thing that we haven't given a lot of consideration to is the fact that Notre Dame had fans storm the field and now they some their president or something has sent out some letter saying ain't nobody leaving South Bend under penalty of until death. We're all tested. Yeah, until we're all tested, which is that's that's kind of crap too. But that's for another day. Um, but who's to say that some of these Notre Dame football players aren't going about to test positive? If LSU potentially has a bunch of COVID positives and nobody's rushed the field at LSU. Nobody's even rushing to get their autograph right now. If somebody, if, but the whole stadium, which was packed more than most stadiums right now, rushed the field against Notre Dame, it stands to reason somebody's got something. Uh, it might not, it might be just herpes, but somebody's got something down in South Bend right now. Um, but I going Ooh. back to my point about the number that one. That was scene. some kind. That was some kind of scene after that game. Then, if we're worried about a herpes outbreak, <laughs> I shouldn't have changed. Why did I change the channel? You know, I, I, I changed the channel looking for another game. I should have watched. I should have watched the uh, orgy of happiness. That's the, uh, that right there been, on the field. They probably uh, had to move it to MSNBC though. But going back to that number one seed point, see, here's the thing: it stands to reason to believe that either, um, 
the the two three game will probably be Clemson Ohio State is what most people think or Ohio State Notre Dame and if it's Notre Dame that means Notre Dame's beaten Clemson twice once with uh, DJ Uyunglele and once with Trevor Lawrence and uh, that would mean Notre Dame's pretty damn good they're better than we think I mean we always think of Notre Dame in this 2012 or 2018 getting whipped by Clemson in the semifinals light but you know what if they're actually kind of good this year um so that would mean the two, three game is like a powerhouse game. And then, then the four seed could either be somebody like an A&M who Alabama's already hammered or a Cincinnati or a BYU or potentially, potentially an Oregon or USC. But I don't see the PAC 12 making it to this thing, playing as few games as they are. So the point is the number one seed has never been more important than it is right now. Jimmy, uh need to tell everybody about Built Go really quickly. Built Go, B-U-I-L-T-G-O dot com. Three absolutely delicious flavors. This is like a pocket full of energy. I mean, I'm telling you, it's absolutely delicious. And I really, when I got them in the mail, when I got our samples in the mail, I didn't really even know what I'm supposed to do here. But I'm telling you, I took it and I was like, man, I feel like taking over the world just right now. I feel like a Bond villain. Let's get this show on the road. And um, it was absolutely delicious. And it's so easy to take. You can carry it with you to the office, to uh, to the gym, you know, or if you just, you know, if you're just sitting around with your in-laws, you're like, I can't take this anymore. Take some of that. And uh, you'll be able to get through the rest of that dinner with the in-laws. At BuiltGo.com, it's same folks that do Built Bar. You know how delicious it is. Go check them out. Use code locked on for 20% off your order. Locked on at B U I L T B A R. Excuse me. That's one website, but also B U I L T G O.com. Builtgo.com is where you want to go. And you can also go to Built Bar while you're just out there hanging out. Okay, Jimmy, let's talk a little bit about – look, I wanted to do Batman in the NFL, but I'll wait till the actual NFL week is over. That means Monday night, even though – Yeah, we got uh, uh, Q tonight. Q versus and Damian, Damian Harris and Anthony Jennings. Yeah. Um, Q's been playing so, really well. Ever since, ever since the rumors started that he might be getting sprung from the Jets, he really started playing well. Yeah, he really did. I mean, that, nothing lights a fire under your ass like, hey, I might be getting out of here. You damn skippy I'm about to start. I, I love the draft, and I am fascinated with what the Jets are going to do because uh, I understand he won't play tonight because he's banged up, but uh, I'm a guy that hasn't given up on Sam Darnold. Now, I realize he's not, you know, Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying that, but you don't have to be Mahomes. You have to be really good. I've not given up the idea that Sam Darnold's pretty good. He's never had a good cast there, and still every time I watch him, I at least come away from the game going, you know what, that guy's pretty good, but – uh. So I'm curious as to this. If you're the Jets, you have to take Trevor number one. You, you would passing on Trevor Lawrence is, is no different than passing on Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck. You just cannot do that. So they got to take Lawrence. I'm just fascinated with what they may get for Darnold and how good the Jets may be quickly if they can uh, trade off a couple of guys, accumulate some picks, and put some good players around Trevor. Uh, I just think it's an interesting ball club right now. Yeah, considering that, they're about to be zero nine of, tonight, that's going to be a lot of fun to deal with. Uh, you know, when we get closer to the draft, is talking about where all these guys could go. I love that you and I are both draft nicks. We love that kind of stuff. But you know, I wanted to talk about instead because we'll wait and see how Damian and Q do. Um, 
on Crimson Country Club, the the site where we first started all this podcast mess, uh, Lawrence uh, McCrary put up a, a list of, of, of uh, different kind of oddball stats from this past weekend. And I want to throw in another one. And I've said this, I think, every podcast after the, the game week uh, of the last three weeks. Jalen Waddell has missed the last three weeks of gameplay, and he's going to miss the rest of them. He's still third in the conference in yardage on receiving. That's amazing. <laughs> I hope um, he makes like second team All SEC. Wouldn't that be cool? That would he makes be second cool. team All SEC. Missed half the year in the postseason. Uh, Waddle's really good. I, I'm curious to know what the NFL is going to going to say about him because here's a speed guy. That's his trait. He has many traits, but the trait is the speed, and he will not be able to run in February or probably not even in March. So. Uh, or I don't believe he will. I could be told differently, but uh, I don't believe he will. And if you can't run, they can't hit the uh, they can't yeah. hit the stopwatch. Uh, you would think his stock would would drop a little bit because, I mean, gosh, these first round picks are massive investments. And uh, let's say, for instance, on on the board is Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase. And uh, who who are you going to invest your millions in today? Uh, I would understand anybody says, you know what, we're going to take this Chase guy, and he's not the only first round receiver out there the kid from minnesota i think uh, bateman is uh bateman, very yeah. very good uh, rashad bateman not to um, mention Devonte. he's gonna take a spot too i want to speed through a few of these and you give me just like a one sentence reaction to some of these i'm not going to read them all but um first of all notre dame has ended three of the six longest regular season win streaks in the ap poll era that's pretty amazing right that's why I picked Notre Dame this summer to beat Clemson. It just had to, to me, to me, it wasn't so much the matchup. It was, this has a Notre Dame win. A, a number one team coming to Notre Dame in November. They're in a conference. Uh, that just sounds like Notre Dame to me. Let's, let's remember Alabama fans. We love to make fun of how overrated Notre Dame is. That same year we beat the crap out of Notre Dame. They beat a really good Oklahoma team. That's right. That's right. Um, DJ Uyunglele, 439 passing yards were the most ever by a player against Notre Dame. So, a true freshman in his second start throws for 439. And it's, and I know it went to double overtime, but uh, I think that kind of throws out the notion that, hey, if they'd had Trevor Lawrence, they'd have won. I mean, it didn't necessarily throw right. it all the way out because Clemson had some other injuries for sure, but they bottled Travis Etienne up with 28 yards. And DJ Uyunglele threw for the most yards against Notre Dame in the history of Notre Dame. That, that's kind of a big deal. Trevor's absence made no difference whatsoever. That was a Notre Dame win, and who knows how the game will play out next time around. But uh, I don't think Trevor's absence had anything to do with that particular loss, though I'm sure Clemson is going to welcome him back with open arms. And let me tell you this. I don't think comparing DJ to Mac Jones makes any sort of sense on a football level. But last year, Mac had two starts yep. against really good teams, and and he should have proved, did prove, and should have proven. Wow, Alabama has a really good quarterback in 2020, and there shouldn't be questions about it. When DJ takes over for Trevor next season, when Trevor's in the NFL, if there's just one fan out there that's like, "Well, he's unproven," what the hell are you talking about, man? Yep. He ain't unproven. I'm gonna have no problem with somebody that says. He's the first team All American quarterback next season. I have no problem. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dispute it. Um, before this season, Georgia had not allowed 400 passing yards in a game since 2009. It's happened twice in the last three games. Wow, <laughs> uh, that's wow. pretty crazy. Uh, 
Let's they see got here. too much talent for that. They got too much talent for that. I sense, I sense, um, you know, some sometimes, you know, Coastal Carolina has unbelievable chemistry. This is not a team blessed with a lot of dudes, and I know they're not beating great teams every week. But Coastal Carolina is a team with great chemistry, which means that team is worth more than the sum of their parts. I say that to say Georgia is the opposite. They are playing worse than they should. I know they got a quarterback problem. That's one position. But the other 21 positions aren't playing so great either, all, all things considered. You know, yeah, so I think Georgia is less than the sum of their parts right now. Uh, Mississippi State became the first team since at least 2000 to win a game despite having negative rushing yards. Including three sacks, the Bulldogs rushed for minus 22 against freaking Vanderbilt at home the fewest in a win by any FBS team since Washington State, ironically, had minus 38 yards rushing under Mike Leach against Arizona State in 2016. Again, I'm going to say this for the umpteenth time. This is a catastrophe of a hire. I thought Mississippi State was 10 years too late with this. I think they're more like 15 or 22 years late with this hire. And now it's, it's just in a bad spot. This is not going to go well at all. And I think Mississippi State has put themselves deeper and deeper in the crapper. Me and you described the Mississippi State Vanderbilt game the other day as two old men at Del Boca Vista in Florida in an argument in the pool, whapping each other with the wet noodles. That's exactly what happened. We, we were very accurate in what we said that game would look like. And uh, I can't remember if I tweeted it. I might some, Sometimes I have funny tweets in mind and decide, that maybe I shouldn't tweet that because I'm, I'm, I'm being irresponsible and, and, and I shouldn't tweet like a drunk nine-year-old. But the other night during the Cowboys-Eagles game, <laughs> which Monday night was entertaining because it was so terrible. Both teams were so bad Monday night. They both played terrible, the Cowboys and the Eagles. And I almost tweeted at that time, this game is a hell of a warm-up act for what we're about to see Saturday when Mississippi State plays Vanderbilt. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's I mean, they're the two worst teams. Just like Alabama may be the best team in the SEC by far, Mississippi State and Vanderbilt are the two worst teams in the SEC by far. How about this one to finish it up? Stanford kicker Jet Toner became the first FBS player to go 0 for 4 or more on field goals since 2012. I mean, that's – I can't – you're going to tell me – that Cade Foster never went 0 for 4. It feels like he went 0 for however many he kicked. <laughs> I think it's a, a good example of how at Alabama things go so perfectly so much of the time. It didn't take much to feel like a disaster. And I said all along, hey, I know it's not great. I know it's not even good. But, for instance, we were way too tough on Griffith. I mean, Adam sure. Griffith wasn't, wasn't great. I'm not saying he was great or one of the all-time greats, but – if you look at his numbers over the course of his career, and particularly his senior season, it really wasn't that bad. It's just that at Alabama, at Alabama, you, you might hear things like, "Yeah, I don't really think much of that guy. What's he at best? A third round pick? I yeah. mean, that's what you hear at Alabama these days. And that and that's the standard at which we judge our kickers, too. It's like, hey, if it ain't great, it's the Hindenburg exploded, you know. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Bama. Please, little eight-pound, six-ounce baby Jesus, let's have this game this weekend. 
I don't know what Jimmy and I have worked ourselves into a frenzy about the potentially not having a game, but all because of a message board post. But, you know, that's how we do here at Locked On Bama. We panic. <laughs> we do panic. We do panic. But we but let it let it be said that we rarely panic over nothing. So we shall see. All right, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.